0: I think Trey Lance is probably one of the hardest people to evaluate because of the COVID situation, because of the amount of games that he played and when he played them, and just kind of a recency bias around so many guys like Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, that might have had a better, more recent body of work. But as far as projection and where what Trey Lance can evolve into in this system, I think he's got a really high ceiling. I think it'll be fascinating to see that combination work together. 49 ers fans are going to be really excited about this
1: thing that's nfl quarterback jt O'Sullivan, who played with the likes of the new orleans saints green bay packers and san francisco 49ers the team that surprised us all if anybody could be a professional poker player it's clearly kyle shanahan we discussed trey lance going third overall The 49ers gave up all that capital for their man from North Dakota State. We also discussed this quarterback class in general. I mean, three QBs going one, two, three. What does JT make of the class this year? And of course, as a former Frankfurt Galaxy star quarterback who held records in the 2007 NFL Europe season, it seems rude not to discuss those glory days of NFL Europe. It's all here on this special NFL Draft Review. I'm Anthony Wilton, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hey, JT. I'm Anthony. Got to start, man, with your former team, the San Francisco 49ers. They got their guy. They traded up all that draft capital on March 26th. Oh, it seems like such a long time ago when they made that announcement to be able to pick at number three and immediately all those insiders were saying that it was mac jones and then this week the poker king himself kyle shanahan admitted that the media circus had hyped up mac jones so much he thought hey well why not we'll just roll with it let them think what they want and we can quietly get along with our business and they went with Trey Lance, the guy from North Dakota State. JT is a former QB. I've got to ask you, what do you think of this pick?
0: I mean, this is an exciting pick for the 49ers. I think Trey Lance is probably one of the hardest people to evaluate because of the COVID situation, because of the amount of games that he played and when he played them, and just kind of a recency bias around so many guys like Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, that might have had a better, more recent body of work. But as far as projection and where what Trey Lance can evolve into – in this system. I think he's got a really high ceiling. I think it'll be fascinating to see that combination work together. I think 49 er fans are going to be really excited about this. Thing.
1: This is a, a special, well, it's been billed as a special uh, quarterback class from this draft 2021. What makes it so special? Why have they been billed so highly?
0: Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's the depth of the core of the class. There are, so, there are you know, four, five, six guys that really could be first round guys. For sure and then if there were a, of those top four guys maybe all of them would be the number one pick next year and so those that's the kind of the vibe across it then you look across the landscape of what it, the next few draft cycles look like and there really isn't a trevor lawrence or justin field in the pipeline as far as what the next few years look like so all those things added together i think leave the potential for this to be a really special class now again so much of it depends on luck and context and what the organization does once they get there But as far as just coming into the league, the depth of this class is pretty fun and special. Now, I think that they all bring a little something different to the table. Zach Wilson uh, certainly had a great year. I love his upper body mechanics, his throwing motion. He's clean, uh, repeatable stroke. Obviously made a bunch of throws and splashes uh, this year. And, you know, I think that there are some other guys, too, that bring similar traits. Maybe not as uh, consistent of a stroke throwing the ball.
1: Great to have you back, I mean, virtually on this side of the Atlantic. Obviously, we've we've spoken about the NFL draft and we got your thoughts on that, that pick at number three. But let's go back to the glory years, the time over in Germany with, uh, with Frankfurt, where you broke some records. or You you were the leader. You were the uh, the, the passing yards leader. You had a, a leader of a few categories back in 2007, right?
0: Uh, it sounds like you know more than I do. Uh, I remember having a great time over there. I actually got to go over there twice in 2004 and 2007, and it was a blast both times, especially as a quarterback, to, get over, to go over there and play. I actually kind of really enjoyed the entire experience. It was fun to get around Europe. Second time I was over there my brother was actually playing rugby in France so I got a chance to check that out as well. So it was it was just a fun on so many different levels and really kind of a trampoline for my career it kept me in the league a few extra years that
1: experience so very thankful for it. So you've got a bit of rugby in your blood there. How do you uh see the nuances between rugby and american football because i grew up in canada and i learned playing pop warner football you could see the trophy behind me 1988 pop warner champion in winnipeg saint james braves i mean what a year that was i got six sacks in a game i enjoy telling that tale But when I moved over to England, didn't play American football, I went into rugby and I played rugby up until university level. So, you know, I I managed to um, find those nuances and obviously uh, hone those skills and those tackling skills that I learned as a uh, defender in American football when I moved over here. How did you enjoy watching rugby? Did you, I guess, being a quarterback, you weren't allowed to partake, but have you ever partaken in rugby?
0: I always tell people that I was never tough enough to do that. Uh, I wish I could have uh, had a lot of fun watching my brother. Certainly uh, uh, what I would classify as a layer of crazy that goes into playing that at a really high level. But there are a lot of carryover and it, really some things that I actually enjoy more about rugby than I do American football, specifically just the idea that everyone can touch the ball. You know, not everyone maybe should touch the ball consistently. But, you know, the idea that you can run with the ball, I think gets a lot of big guys excited to do that out here. And rugby is a growing sport by no means, uh, you know, anywhere where it is in hot spots around the world. But for me, I, I love the open field tackling. I love the team element. There is a real community around rugby as far as playing against someone, the respect that both teams hopefully have for each other, those types of things. But there is a lot of carryover as far as the open field running, the tackling, the ball skills, the, uh, all those types of things, a little bit of, you know, strategy carryover. The American football is just such a start and stop game that it's hard to get a direct comparison to any sport really on the international scale where, you know, it's nonstop kind of like soccer, rugby, where there's a little bit more of a, a cardio element that American football, you know, we just, we take breaks,
1: whatever it's made for TV. There's something special, isn't there? When you've got 15 on 15, and you've just got that flow and this, this army of men just merging in the middle, just after that one ball.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What was the other one I got into recently? The, uh, oh, the AFL, uh, Amazon came out with like, uh, australian football league one that i watch and that's you talk about even more dudes i don't even pretend to understand that game but it's uh there is an element of of crazy for me with rugby that i was never really super comfortable especially when the ball like i don't i totally totally know the rules as far as like offsides when i can and when i can't get hit, and i was always kind of like would have my head on a swivel
1: It must have been great though for you. You're a California guy, aren't you? So you've moved 5,000, 6,000 miles away to Germany. And then just a few hundred miles away, your brother is in the neighboring country in France. It must have been a a special time.
0: Yeah, it really was. It was fun because we would play like on Fridays or Thursdays, and then I would train to his games and we would train back and forth. And it was just fun to get across the continent as as kind of a California kid, especially an American westernized kid. uh, Gave me a kind of a nice global perspective of what's going on over there. And I really fell in love a little bit more with soccer uh, or, you know, the Bundesliga when I was there, just because the environment at a game is so fun and totally different than an American sporting event, as far as the cheering, the nonstop, the kind of the intense fandom, you know, all those types of things that I really got a kick out of carried over a little bit to NFL Europe. But when I was in Germany, there were, the the American bases had kind of influenced uh, a lot of the fandom there too, so it wasn't quite a total European kind of fan experience. But it was fun for me to go to as many Bundesliga
1: games as I possibly could. So go on, JT. Who's your team? It's Eintracht Frankfurt, is it?
0: It was. It was when I was there. It's. I've got. You know. I'm nowadays in the states. Uh, the Bundesliga and the Champion and Champions League, Premier League. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to get. I feel like back in the day, you really had to like know exactly when it was on, where it was on to find it. But I, I personally. If I'm not at the game, I don't quite enjoy it quite as much as I watch it on TV. Hey,
1: and the Germans, they didn't partake in any of that European Super League nonsense. So we, we tip our hats to those guys. They were thinking about right. the fans. They are fan-orientated. That, that's, that's what sport's all about at the end of the day, right?
0: It really is. And I, I think when you're a... Yeah, I think I, I start, obviously, everybody kind of starts as a fan,
1: which is, which is a fun to never
0: forget that element of it. But when you kind of evolve to the pro game, you really do have a different level of respect for fans because they are tethered to your, you know, they're paying your check. They're part of the community. They will care about the team more than you care about the team over the course of your life. You know, you might be more invested this season, but they never kind of take the jersey off or you might switch jerseys and go somewhere else and have a different level of, you know, uh, loyalty. I really respect fans that are in it. They're from the community and especially the European model where it is so community oriented, where you kind of come up in a club but that's not necessarily the case in the States. You know, it's a little bit more tethered to education and you can go to a different university and you're, now you're a fan. of. So it's just a different model. And so I, I really had fun getting over there and checking that out.
1: So your NFL Europe days, have you Have you got any memorable stories, anything that you can share? It's a family-friendly show, so you've got to keep it, obviously, friendly, family-friendly yeah. JT. But. No, uh,
0: there are certainly, I'm trying to think, there aren't very many that I'm comfortable sharing in a family-friendly environment. <laughs> I had a blast there. I, I will say that I, I think for me that the interesting part about it was it was a little bit more uh, of what the intercollegiate athletic or university experience is on the state side where, you know, you're maybe you're staying in a town after you play where, you know, in the in the NFL, you're getting on a jet coming home immediately, where it was fun to check out Berlin, check out Amsterdam, check out the different cities across Germany. and And I just would never have done that and get to play in all these cool stadiums that, you know, you, uh, now I get a chance to see or you saw in the German World Cup or things like that, that uh, you're like, oh, I've been in those locker rooms. I experienced that, that vibe. And so that part of it was fun. But it was more just kind of the experience off the field more than anything else. It was, you know, getting a chance to you're always still kind of American because you're around 50 American guys that are experiencing that at the same time. But you do kind of become part of the woven into the fabric of that community for that year. There were great fans over there that were were a lot of fun to dive into. But for me, it would be more like the road trips, the buses, those types of experiences.
1: Yeah, we see those fans at the NFL London games. I I cover them, and every time I go around the stadium and I'm chatting to fans, and I guarantee you there is an army of fans that come. They're not just NFL UK. This is right across Europe, and there are fans in their hundreds, maybe thousands, that come from germany from austria from sweden from france from spain it's great i mean there you were playing in frankfurt in 2007 that was the very first year that we had nfl regular season games in london could you imagine then or even believe that it would grow so much that we have regular season games and we have a stadium now tottenham hotspur stadiums built specifically with the nfl in mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm a little surprised that it hasn't grown faster. I know I, you know, I'm a little biased because obviously being Americanized, uh, you, it's, I could only imagine how difficult it is to understand the nuance of the game, especially when information is not as easily available as it was, as it is nowadays with the internet, everything. But to me, it just always seemed like it makes so much sense. There's a, a fascinating international model. I think the NBA has done probably a better global job as far as Getting into different markets, whether it's European, Asian, what that looks like. And, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before there's a full time, uh, team in London, if not other spots on North America. And it's just, a you hit on it. I think the interesting thing for, for me as an American fan, and I got a chance to experience this a little bit in CFL too, is there is an element of fan that is just a fan of the game. And so they can, they will go to the World Bowl or they will go to the Grey Cup in their team's jersey where that doesn't really happen in the States, where it's very much more like, you know, I'm a Dodger fan, you're a Padre fan, like we're not friends, where I think that there's a little bit more on the international community, like we appreciate the game, like we want to see the beautiful game translate into American football, and it's just not that way stateside as much. And so I really appreciate people that just enjoy a good game, that enjoy, you know, going to the pub afterwards, that have that kind of community element that is part of it. And I, I personally think that there's a massive international market for american football i think as it becomes more and more available the information available people can understand it better because there is just a wall of kind of complexity if you're not familiar with it that's hard to break down but when you break it down i think it's really fascinating internet interesting and uh
1: you know we'll see who knows obviously let's get this pandemic sorted and then we can see more games uh, traveling abroad and i think uh, germany is earmarked as one of the destinations as well as London globally for uh, the NFL to travel Jeff Reinbold is uh, he's a fan of the show he's been on a couple of times and obviously he is an advocate of NFL Europe we spoke to Nick Ferguson just a few weeks ago as well who is a player in NFL Europe and we talked about the success of that league and the success that it had obviously for players being able to allow them to have that step up towards the NFL and it being that feeder league for the NFL. And now that we've got the NFL being so successful and is growing more abroad, could you see potentially another shot at NFL Europe? Because the fan base is there. And do you think that the league could benefit from having another NFL Europe?
0: I mean, the the answers to all those to me are yes and. So yes, yes and i think that if there's a better way to monetize it because i just felt like they thought of the and when i see they i mean the nfl owners or the decision makers really thought of the nfo europe as kind of a money pit you know they're just what they weren't generating the money that they were used to tv wasn't the same in the spring and now when you look at it from a little bit different lens as far as maybe some streaming options having to tethered to the next tv deal the international footprint of what the internet has done to American the audience outside of America. I think that there are bigger, different opportunities. And so if there is a way to do that, I personally think it would be great. I think you're totally right for many people that went over there that had some success in NFL Europe, that it really, for me, was a trampoline and gave me multiple years in the league that wouldn't have existed if I didn't have the opportunity to play and get that film and have that experience. And so I'm a big fan of it. I hope that they find a way to do it. It just continues to be such a difficult way to generate any sort of sustainable revenue in any league other than, you know, the NFL and college football right now.
1: JT, well, look, thank you very much. Can't let you go without telling us about your YouTube channel, The QB School. Those listening who want to get an insight on what it's all about, I recommend they check it out. But you tell us all about it.
0: Uh, well, I appreciate that. I have a lot of fun with it. It's a combination of kind of my favorite buckets just as far as diving into football, diving into the quarterback position we do some x's and o's stuff we do different analysis of fun plays different things that resonate with me and basically just whatever i think is interesting i try to share it and, and give my take on it and it's uh, resonated with a bunch of people and it's fun to have a continue to grow.
1: and hopefully the 49ers will come over to london for one of the london games you could come over and then you could do a qb school from london we could do it live i could set it up for you jt how does that sound hey. Count me in, count me in, count me in. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. Bye. It's awesome getting your insight into things. And good luck with the, uh, the QB school on YouTube. And hopefully we could catch up at some point during the season. And, and we can we can review this, this quarterback class.
0: Oh, I like it. I'll see you in five years when we do the real review. Yeah.
1: <laughs> good, man. Thanks a Sorry. lot, JT. Thank you, Anthony. Bye. Now there he goes, JT O'Sullivan. My thanks to you, sir, for coming on and giving us your time and thoughts. A former quarterback with so many teams. And make sure you check out his YouTube channel, The QB School, as well, because you can learn a thing or two about that position. He's a guy who's quite literally been there and done it in the CFL, NFL Europe, and, of course, in the NFL. Interesting things that he had to say there about Trey Lance and this quarterback class. I mean... Kyle Shanahan if that guy if we see him on Sky Sports or BT Sport or whatever where the poker is don't be surprised if you see him in one of these poker tournaments because that guy's poker face is up there with the best but hey apparently that was the guy all along Trey Lance number five it's been confirmed his jersey number with the 49ers he can sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo now I guess we wait and see what happens with Jimmy but it seems like a pretty decent situation that he has landed in I think any of those quarterbacks if they had fallen to the 49ers I say fallen but you know landed ended up being drafted by the 49ers they're going to be on to a good position I mean just look at what Kyle Shanahan had managed to do with Nick Mullins and I think athletically and in terms of just quarterback talent Trey Lance is uh, a lot more gifted, shall we say, with all due respect to Nick Mullins. But still, Trey Lance is, seems to be on a different level to Nick Mullins. And we have just seen what Kyle Shanahan managed to do with that guy interesting times. Hopefully your team has come out the draft with a pretty decent grade. It makes me laugh when we see and hear all these draft grades, but we never know until the guys actually get on the field, but gets us all excited for the new season and to see these guys. And hopefully we'll get the Jacksonville Jaguars over here and we can see Trevor Lawrence in all his glory, all six foot six of him with those flowing locks as well. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the rebuild begins. And let's hope that They can get another winning season. They've had so many losing seasons this past decade. Come on, guys, get your house in order. But they've got the guy and what a guy he is as well. We didn't really talk about Trevor Lawrence, but we've got our connections in Jacksonville. We'll get Rick Ballew from 1010XL in Jacksonville on at some point soon to discuss the mood around uh, Duval County and just get his thoughts and and, uh, have a look at the roster situation with the Jags as we look forward to the 2021 season make sure you hit subscribe to the transatlantic sports show maybe you can find us on social media we are tass underscore uk whether that is on instagram or twitter we've got our facebook page as well and i'm on twitter as well at arwutton That is W-O-O-T-T-O-N. I'm Anthony Wilson, And coming up soon, we've got a special podcast with two, that's right, two-star running backs. Two running backs who would be influential on your fantasy football team. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mm-hmm. Running back drafted in the first round last year by the Kansas City Chiefs. Played in the Super Bowl, let's not forget. Yep, he's on the transatlantic sports show alongside austin eckler yep you heard that correct we have that caliber of guests right here on the transatlantic sports show austin eckler clyde edwards alair hit subscribe with your podcast provider so you don't miss an episode of the transatlantic sports show that is the kind of quality that we deliver every week thank you so much for listening we enjoy your support. And we got a few competitions up our sleeve as well. So, yeah, you got to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. But enjoy, go digest the draft, take stock of your team's roster. And before you know it, we'll be heading towards training camp. We're into May now already. Where does the time go? We'll be discussing the Super Bowl soon. That's for another day. But until next time, if you're going to talk about North Dakota State, it's bison, not bison. And this is coming from a guy who lived just north of North Dakota. So I know.